You are listening to the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 25, brought to you by ActionFigureBlues.com. I'm Scott, and with me tonight are... John. And Andy. We're three guys who collect action figures, statues, and other items from the worlds of comics and pop culture, and we like them so much we made this podcast just to talk about them. This episode, our Toy of the Week is the Sideshow Sand Trooper Squad Leader, and our discussion question is, how has the internet changed collecting? Gentlemen, happy 25th anniversary! Very cool. Uh, 25 already. Yeah, I know. It's like what? What is 25? Is silver, right? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, it, it is. I I have no silver to um give either of you, but um I do have an aluminium diet coke can sitting next to me, which I'll um raise in your honor. Uh, a what? Oh, cool. And <laughs> oh, sorry, aluminum. Oh, okay. Yeah, over here we yeah. say aluminium because we we spell it differently. Even it's the same mm. it's the same thing, but we say aluminium foil. Huh? I thought maybe you guys had different elements down there. No, <laughs> it, took, it took me a while to work that one out. Anyway, this is not the aluminium episode of um, the FV podcast. It is the silver episode twenty five. I can't believe we made it, um, but we are we are here and. Um, Andy, let's start with you. What have you been up to since last we heard from you? Oh, geez, how long has that been? It's been a few, couple of shows since Just a I was couple. last on. Yeah, um, well, uh, you may remember in the last show, as I was talking about, I was working on my um, my man cave, getting it all together. Well, there has been progress. I've uh, Got all the cabinets all stained and ready to go. Now I've actually started on the first diorama for one of the cabinets. Oh wow! Um, so there is stuff absolutely everywhere in here. I'm sitting in here now. I'm just surrounded by wood and paint and um, foam core and all sorts of stuff. It's just it's exciting. It's nice to be getting into it. But um, I want to tell you about something that happened yesterday. It was really cool. It is not related to toys in any way. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> um, as as anyone who knows me know, I live in a little country town by the sea, um, which has its good and bad points. But we love it. Mm-hmm. And yesterday, my wife was actually in town, which is a rare thing lately. And we decided to go to this cafe for lunch. Now, this cafe sits on top of this hill that looks straight out over the ocean and and uh, out towards the islands and what have you. Really nice spot to sit and have a cuppa and a feed. And so we sat there eating our lunch, watching two humpback whales swim around direct, direct, directly below us. Wow, that's cool. Which is, which is just a really awesome way to spend your lunch time. And I'm trying to think, where else could you possibly do that during your lunch break from work? So we're just sitting there watching the whales and enjoying our lunch. And it was just, just a really cool experience. That's fantastic. We get quite a lot of, we get a lot of whales coming through here, of course, but, um, 
this is the first time we've actually seen them ourselves. And as I said, we were sitting there having lunch and the waitress actually said, just look down there. And we looked down and sure enough, there they were. So, yeah, no, it was, it was really fun. So something different, but something that I thought was incredibly cool anyway. That is cool. So, so John, how many humpback whales do you have there in Indiana? Oh, you know, they, they actually they <laughs> swim through the cornfields, and, um, you know, they're, they're everywhere. Uh, you know, you got you to gotta watch them when you're driving down the highway. They like uh, to cross the road, and uh, yeah. that's just out of control. You don't want to hit a whale in a car. <laughs> no. It's, it's, it's messy. No, definitely not. And you got to watch out for the fishing boats when you're trailing them. That's a, yeah. That's a risky things. Yeah. <laughs> bloody pests they should probably call them don't you think like you know we call well, our, our kangaroos when they get to kind of plague proportions they probably should call the Indiana humpback whale plague yeah you know Indiana like they, like they, they did that with the unicorns a while back and you know they, they just went too far <laughs> so so John besides um, you know navigating plague proportion humpback whales what have you been up to this week not a whole lot. I've been been working. I had some odd hours. I went in. It was an early week for me at work, so I had an early day, which means I go in at about. Uh, I got to be there at six a.m., so it means getting up about four. Oh, that's delightful. And I got an, oh. another. I got two of those this coming week, so it's, it's been a little crazy work wise. Yeah. I since we last recorded, I finally got to see the Amazing Spider Man. Um, still haven't oh, yeah. made, haven't made it to Dark Knight yet, but you know, give me give me time. Um, but um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. I kind of didn't go in with much expectation, but um, I thought it was fantastic. My eldest daughter mm-hmm. and I went and saw it, and we really enjoyed it. Um, I had to laugh this morning. I was driving and uh, listening to another podcast where these gentlemen were talking about the movie and saying how they really hated it, how they changed it all from the original and had these, you know, ridiculous web shooter things when everybody knows that Spider-Man just shoots webs out of his wrists. Oh, dear. And, uh, you know, they, they shouldn't have changed that from the original. And I was there banging my head on the dash going, oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> yes. Oh, no. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know. So, but I guess if if your only point of reference is the original movies, then you wouldn't think um, much about that. But I, mm. yes, I think I was just you know th- those times when you're shouting at the car radio, going "Get a grip, you idiots!" <laughs> I've never done that with this fine podcast. Oh well, I would certainly hope not. <laughs> Certainly, neither of us. Sometimes when I'm editing, I have, but <laughs> usually talking. Wow. Yes. Yeah, but otherwise, I've been, it's wow. been pretty. Um, we've had a very exciting sort of week here because we're. Um, I've been talking forever about how we are eventually building a house, and our settlement of our land is getting closer. And for some ridiculous reason, we decided this week to change the type of house that we're building. So, um. We, well, kind of for kind of for a good reason because there's a financial a financial advantage to it. Um, but I, I've already survived one entire um, color selection day with our builder. Oh, yeah. We had to have a half day orientation just to learn how to choose our colors, 
And then it's not just colors, it's all your, you know, taps and handles and blah, blah, blah. And then we had to yeah, ha- have yeah. a whole day of choosing all this stuff. And now that we've decided, like, same builder but different house, we have to do it all again. Um, and I barely survived the first one because I, I'm a, I'm a boy and color, mm. colors and, all that stuff. Like I know what I like and what I don't like, but when it gets down to you know yeah. which, which shade of poo brown you prefer more, I start to go mm. a little bit blank. So um, it's exciting that we're saving money and still getting something really nice, but it's not exciting yeah. that I have to go and choose all the colors again. Uh, my first job was working in a paint store, so uh, I'm well familiar with you know people coming in and going. I'd like some off white paint. <laughs> well this is i mean it's a pretty impressive setup they've got because they have like this whole it's like this two-story building that has all your different you know, you've got to choose doors and you know door handles and your shower head and your toilet and everything and um they do it you know really thoroughly but it's just that i i don't I mean, I don't remember anything that we chose from the last time because it's all just a blur. But, you know, Mrs. Mrs. Scotty is not um, keen on the idea of just going on her own. So I have to go and go, oh, yeah, I like that, even though I can't tell the difference. So, yeah, so it's, one of, it's one of those husbandy things that you do. My favorite husbandy thing is that I'm happy with whatever you choose, darling. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you get away with it. Sometimes I can't. I can't say anything. <laughs> can't say anything. No. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> As in you what? You, dangerous you, proximity. <laughs> you say you oh, figured it out. Oh, Mrs. Yeah. Engineer Nerd is listening. Hi, Mrs. Engineer Nerd. All of your color choices are gray. <laughs> I'll pass that along later. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we actually, like, you know, my wife's got really good taste, and I trust it, and, I mean, I've been, uh, we're about to hit 21 years of marriage. If I haven't sorted out all that by now, I'm in deep trouble. I don't, I don't try to have opinions about that mm-hmm. stuff. And and the thing is, too, yeah. and I don't, I'm sure you've experienced this as well, whenever my opinion is asked about anything, then usually whatever I, if I finally give an opinion, she does the opposite anyway. So, you know, it's like, you know, which one of these do you like? I'm like, oh, I don't mind. No, no, I, you tell me. I like that one. Oh, okay, I'm going to choose the other one. Oh, great. Okay. Mm. You know, it's very good for the husbandy self-esteem. <laughs> anyway, we should probably, yeah, like, yeah. talk about some toys and stuff. Uh, but Okay. Yeah, yeah well. I know. Radical idea. <laughs> uh, but let, let's do it, and let's get started with some articulated news. Look out! It's Jackie Chan! Oh, no! Shadokan! I have to split! See you round! With Jackie Chan, the high-octane martial arts never stops! Shadow can come fly! What goes up must come down! Action-packed figures from Jackie Chan Adventures, each sold separately. Before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news. Articulated news is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. We're not a comprehensive toy news service. These are just the stories that relate to things we're interested in and have caught our eye this week. To lead off with, we're going to look at the results from the Maddie Collector 2013 subscription orders. We were waiting to see whether or not the different subscriptions that they had on order were 
going through. We had um, lots of press and pleas from Mattel and Choi Guru and a thermometer for Club Infinite Earths that didn't seem to be going there. But um, surprise, surprise, in the end, they're all going ahead. Um, I don't know if you were keeping an eye on the uh, Club Infinite Earths thermometer, but the um, measure seemed to go up incredibly at the very last minute from nowhere to just over the line. So uh, we are getting Club Infinite Earths. I reckon this will be the last year that we are going to get subscriptions uh, in this current format, which is probably um, a good thing. Uh, I don't know. What, what, what do you think about the, the whole thermometer thing? Do you think that that was a, just a something to try and manipulate people to buy more? Or do you think it was real or what? I, I definitely think it was a marketing ploy. Definitely. You know, especially with the way they jacked it up right at the end there. They barely moved it at all. And I know people on, on forums and such were all watching that and commenting how it wasn't budging at all. And they were saying, oh, I better get my sub in. Oh, come on, everyone needs to get their subs in. And then all of a sudden, bang, it's shot up past the mark. You know, it's uh, definitely a marketing ploy. And it's worked. So <laughs> what can you say? But I am pleased I that, that people that want this, want this sub are getting it, though. So bittersweet. No one... John, go! It's all right. This happens to me all the time at work, so I'm used to it. Um, the the Club Eternia one, that one, I know people were, like, lobbying and everything else for it, but I, I can't imagine they would have all that stuff, you know, almost ready to go from what they showed at SDCC and not do a subscription. You know what I mean? If you're going to do yeah. that, put that before SDCC when you show everything. Go, okay, we're going to show you this one thing. And if we don't get enough stuff, we're we're just not going to do it, and you know we're not going to show you anything at SDCC. Hmm. I, I think you know from what yeah. they came across, I think that they got a bit taken by surprise in terms of the lower numbers for Club Eternia, um, and we talked last week obviously about reasons behind that. Um, so yeah, I mean there obviously was some genuine concern because they've never put out any worries about Club Eternia going ahead before. But um, you know the th- the thing about the thermometer is that of course it's totally can be totally manipulated by them because it's not a we don't know what their margin is and that's that's okay they don't have to tell us but you know it is a, it's obviously in their interest to keep it looking low um as yeah. it progresses to motivate people to buy more last year i i did buy more than one club infinite earth subscription because i had that kind of sense of oh this might not happen but this year I only bought one because I thought, you know what, like, you know, th- these are not doing anything on the secondary market. I'm not going to buy stuff thinking, oh, I can resell this because that's just not the way that um, things are panning out. So I'll have one, and if it doesn't go through, well, then, oh, well. So I- I'm glad it's going through, but um, you-, you have to yeah. wonder how much longer this is actually going to work for them. I- I've read a lot online of people that had two or just – you know, going with one this time because hmm. they're just not getting the the value. I mean, somebody said that their their slush heads at like fifteen bucks. You know, that's what they ended up selling them for after, and and they almost aren't even covering their shipping. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, as we talked about last week, I think that with Club Eternia, it's the loss of the scalper market because the secondary market is hmm. not as strong for some of these unknown characters and so people that might have bought multiples last year with 
the express aim of selling it aren't doing that, and that's fair enough. So, you know, perhaps what it might do for 2014 is flush out those few remaining key characters that people really feel that they need and then bring more of an end to it as opposed to lots of padding, which is what I see in Club Eternia at the moment. So, um, But, you know, good news, I think, that it's going ahead. We're not missing out on some of those um, characters that we really would like, but if it makes Mattel rethink, mm. that's probably not a bad thing. Um, and in something completely different, the Hot Toys Hulk is now up for order around the joint, and we've seen um, complete pictures, etc. And I am really surprised by the price point. It's up for two ninety nine US, and I was definitely yeah. expecting more than that. I, you know, with I was expecting Ironmonger prices. Um, I noticed mm. if you're in Australia that AnnaMarket.com.au, which is the official Hot Toys reseller in Australia actually has it up for two sixty nine, and that's including shipping. So, you know, good, a, a reasonable price for something that um, I did think was going to be more. And uh, I'm pretty impressed with what they've done. I'm still suspicious of the chest hair. It just, <laughs> it just doesn't quite... It just stands out to me, like, what, why does Hulk have chest hair that's just not... Hulk, but I think in terms of some of our concerns about articulation and how they would do the exposed joints and things, they've done a very good job. Yeah, well, the chest hair, I mean, I, I haven't closely scrutinised the Avengers movie yet, but I, I don't know if he um, actually had sort of any visible chest hair in it, so that might just be a case of them going for the realism. But the joints, as you say, they're, they're kind of the joints I was hoping they were going to do for it, and they do look Good. Like I'm, I'm very impressed with the engineering on this figure. I mean, he's going to be massive. I'm sure Ben's um, already trying to talk his wife around into letting him order one. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm, I'm very impressed with it overall. I think for a huge figure like that, they've done a wonderful job. It'll be interesting to see how much it weighs. Actually, probably quite a quite a beefy figure. Um, and thinking about some of the other hot toys figures that are just 12 inches tall, some of them are quite weighty, like the Predators and such. So, yeah, shipping on this could be big. So, But, yes, I'm glad they've done it, and they've done a great job. So more power to them. Do you, do you think the hands are a bit mismatched color-wise to the arms? I did notice that, actually. And, you know, and again... <laughs> We obviously we aren't seeing production pieces yet, so I think there is a yeah, I, a, a bit of a risk there. The thing I've learned the last couple of years as I've gotten into hot toys is often the prototype picks of what you see, and when it actually hits release, um, there are differences. Especially sometimes the paints are off or something is off, and it's usually fixed by the time they actually start cranking them out. So okay. I, I've, I've stopped worrying about stuff like that because they haven't let me down yet. And, I'm sure they're going to be fine on this one as well. I, I'm still... Uh, we talked last time about the hair on this as well, which people seem to be reacting to, and I'm still not seeing the issue with it. It looks fine to me. I'm a lot more concerned about the chest hair than I am the hair, hair sculpt on his head. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yes. So, not for me. Yeah, <laughs> not for me. I've given these up, but I'm sure this is going to be a big, big seller. You think for that price point, though, there should be a be a second head? There's a second set of hands. Um, 
but not a head. It's it's beautifully sculpted. The whole the chest, the old you know the musculature, everything. It's beautifully sculpted. Um, great job. Mm. But uh, it will be really interesting to see as well what the durability of the materials that they're using are. It's it's something that needs to wear well for that for that price. So um, it'll be interesting to see. Great great job with the purple pants too. I gotta say. Yeah, yeah, those look great. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was reading some, I can't remember where I read it. I was looking at pics of it yesterday, and they've actually, because in their older figures with exposed joints, they were using a type of rubber, which mm-hmm. was prone to degradation and tearing, what have you. And they've used some new material. I can't remember where I read it now, and they, they're a lot more confident that it's going to um, it's going to be able to stand up against the humidity and, and um, extreme posing of the joints and what have you, so... Only time will tell, I guess. Indeed. But uh, we shall see. We shall see. <laughs> Definitely looking forward to seeing what people think of it. Now, Andy, you have got a couple of bits of news for us. I have indeed. Mine's all pretty much DC-related. Um, Mattel have released pictures of their DC and Batman Unlimited Wave 2. I, um uh, in the Batman series, we've got the uh, Dark Knight Returns Batman, of course, the uh, the Frank Miller story. Very chunky looking. Looks like they've used a Master of the Universe body for this one. And uh, Batman of, now, don't get upset with me if I say it wrong, Zer NR. And uh, there's a little cranky looking Batmite as well. What'd you say, Zer NR? Zer NR, yeah. What's I don't know if that's the right oh, pronunciation, okay. but... Is it just Planet you know, X? No, no, Batman of Zur and R. Okay. John's not correcting me, so he might know either. <laughs> but um, <laughs> basically, a bat- Batman in red, yellow, and purple. And I say a little Batmite as well. Very attractive. Rather pouty look on his face. <laughs> yeah. And then in the DC Unlimited, we've got Wonder Woman in her new universe costume. And Injustice Batman, which is hideous. <laughs> Basically, it's a it's an armored type suit, and uh, so, I don't know. It's from it's from the it's from the game, isn't it? DC Unlimited. So I don't know. It doesn't do it for me. But uh, oh, is that is that Batman uh, from the game? Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's it's just horrible. <laughs> I usually like bat suits, but yeah, that one's just, I don't know, it's like he, they've taken a leaf out of Iron Man's book or something with this suit. But um, i got to say, the Frank Miller bats, to me, he's he's the standout. He's, he looks perfect. I'm quite surprised. I didn't think Mattel were going into story-specific characters, but um, obviously that's uh, not off-limits anymore. Have you guys had a chance to have a look at these at all? The the Batmite, he's a repaint, though, from uh, the exclusive they did a couple of years ago, isn't it? I was wondering about that, which would be a, a relief for me because I've never managed to track down that. And we, we never got the exclusive over here, and I've never managed to track that one down just to get the Batmite. So if this one's up for more general release, I would be happy. Yeah, the, mm. the one that they had before, he was with more of a, you know, like a, the regular blue. Yeah yellow colors so that one actually looks a little better isn't it sad though that they think that a purple 
I mean, I know, like, that um, Planet X Batman is a very genuine comic reference and probably something that a lot of people are going to dig. But, you know, that they obviously think that that's going to sell more than the hundreds of characters that we still need to complete different aspects of, you know, the, the DC universe. And, you know, but we can have that. I just, I just think it's a bit sad. Um, it looks great. There's plenty of there's, there's plenty of other Batman characters to choose from. I mean, um, comic fans are going to eat him up. They're going to love him. But yeah, yeah, wider audience. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm. It's. I suppose that it's the kind of thing though that you know it's colourful and so as well as your collectors looking at it, a kid might look at it and go, oh, it's a purple, yellow, and red Batman. Yay! I don't know. Um, you know, the the dark with the baseball bat. Yeah, with the baseball bat. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that injustice one, I going back to the DC Unlimited stuff. That injustice Batman, I have no mm-hmm. idea what the heck that's supposed to be. Yeah, no, it's not good. Um, I'm sure like we'll a, have a market too. But... Looks like a Batman and Robin Batman almost. Oh, shush! Goodness me! Almost. <laughs> it was on the other night. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, next news item. I mean, Qu- quick, before we talk more about that movie that should not be spoken about. <laughs> yeah, well, um, um, hot on the heels of Antibay, uh, uh releasing their the um, well, pre-soliciting their their uh, quarter quarter scale um, Dark Knight, Batman, and Joker. Hot Toys have uh, previewed their quarter scale um, Dark Knight Rises Batman. Um, quarter scale, so as I say, he is huge. <laughs> um, he's going to be, he, he's, he's listed as, um, US, uh, basically 465 bucks. So, oh my goodness. Gonna be paying, yeah, so you're going to be paying top dollar for him. Um, only for the hardcore fan, but he, he comes with a lot, he comes with a little, um, display base. Well, it wouldn't be really that little, but, um, plenty of accessories. Got a got, got a bale head. Got a couple of different Batman heads. Couple of sets of hands. Lots of equipment. But um, you'd, you'd have to be a pretty hardcore fan to say to get him. But beautifully done, as you would expect. But um, yeah, I, not for this little black duck, unfortunately. I'm just not grabbed by this. I mean, you know, as much as I, you know, like Hot Toys, I've stopped collecting it. But the the idea mm. of it in quarter scale, I just am not grabbed at all. Yeah, yeah. Hey, they're all they're all starting to push the quarter scale a bit, and yeah, no, I just think it's too big, personally. I mean, at, at that size, wouldn't you just rather have a statue? I, yes. I, I don't know why you'd need all that articulation and the hands and everything else. I just that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But exactly. I don't think it's out there. Yeah, I, I don't think too that the the Batman um, stuff has actually been some of Hot Toys' strongest stuff because the uh, the rubberized sort of suits that they use for the Batman figures make the articulation very limited um, and the posing mm. quite challenging. So, you know, it's... Uh, again, I agree with John. If I wanted a quarter-scale Batman, I would much rather have the, you know, the Sideshow Premium Format one because really, to exactly. me, quarter-scale is a statue, not an action figure. It will be interesting to see how these go. It's obviously an experiment on Hot Toys' part, and perhaps, you know, for those people that uh, want articulation, this might draw them into quarter scale, but this is definitely not for me. 
Well, you know, 465 bucks, you get two other Hot Toys figures for that price, really. Jeez. You know, it's, uh, yeah. you know, it, it is a lot of money. It's a lot of money. I mean, okay. Uh, yeah. Now, John, you've got some news items as well. Where are you going to take us? Well, there's only one way to describe this, and it's it's figures that I shall call them mini-me. Ah! Because <laughs> first up, um, next week coming coming to comic book shops near you is the Fear Itself Mini-Mates um, from the you know the series that everybody's loved and, and said is going to be yeah. around for decades to come. Because that was so successful. We, um, we need twice from it. Yeah. yeah, and uh, fear, fear itself there, so. I th- is a great example of just how meaningless the taglines you know that always say, and the Marvel Universe will never be the same. How how meaningless that is because look at these toys, and have any of these mm. changes? You know, is there anything from Fear itself, which was just last summer's American Summer's you know Marvel event? Is there anything that's actually stuck from all of that? No, because they canceled Alpha Flight, which was the only one I was reading. Yeah. So, the, yeah, boo, hiss. I, I, some, I'm waiting for a fear itself to make sense. Like, you know, the first time I read Final Crisis, I thought it was a mess. And, you know, it kind of mm. was. But when you go back and read the trade of Final Crisis on its own, particularly with some of the um, extra stuff that they added in, it actually makes sense as a story. And it's not okay. a, it's not a bad story, so I gave Fear itself a try when it came out in trade because I thought you know this is a mess I didn't really understand it but maybe it'll make more sense on if I just read it you know through on its own without all the tie-ins. Well, no, <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> I'm just, okay. I'm just telling you right now, it doesn't, and none mm. none of the big changes you know actually stuck. You know so. Anyway, I don't know. This seems like a bit late in the game to put toys out there for it, but there you go. Good on your diamond select. Okay, moving on from that. And I actually saw these in a store this week, and then I saw the news like the same day. Um, Jack Specific is putting out their two and a quarter inch uh, Dark Knight Rises figures. They're like little mini statues, kind of a little bigger than the Hero Clicks. Um, little smaller than a regular figure. Uh, they look like they have more paint apps than the mm. Mattel figures. So take that for where you want, but, um, <laughs> they look okay. I, you know, I was going to, I thought about picking one up and then I realized I might get Bane. So I was like, eh, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, certainly, but, uh, they certainly do. Um, Look like they've got better paint apps and detail than, say, Heroclix or something. Yeah, you know, with being two and a quarter inches tall, they're going to be um, a, a little bit bigger where they can get a little more detail in there. Um, the only one that, 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 you know, the picture that I've seen of the Bane, I mean, he still looks bad, but bad. I, I, what are you going to do with that? Is he bad. <laughs> is he dancing or is he skipping or what are they doing? I think he's he's jumping for joy. He's so happy. He's so happy. Yay! Two and a quarter just tall. Oh wait, Yay. and maybe he's um sad because he doesn't have eyes. What? It doesn't seem to have yeah, any. That's true. Where's my face? Is what he's saying. <laughs> I hate it when that. You happens. know, I mean, uh, it's kind of strange though because we've been seeing kind of this 
proliferation. You know where we see these here is um, Walmart normally has one register aisle where they'll have like yeah. uh, magic cards and, and and that kind of stuff. And, and you'll that's where I saw these figures turn up was in that kind of aisle. You know, you get these like little tchotchke collectibles, and it, and it, it seems like every line has these now because we've got some little uh, Marvel ones that come in a little capsule that are like a dollar and they're trying to hit mm-hmm. that oh hey I'm checking out I'll, I'll buy a, a little tiny minifigure for yeah. for Susie or Johnny or, or whatever yeah well yeah. I suppose when you think about how successful something like the Lego minifigures have been um, you know it does perhaps indicate you know there is a market for that sort of thing out there like I think that um, these are less likely to, I mean, great for kids and that sort of thing, but I can't imagine, you know, me collecting them, but there's obviously a market and they certainly, they do look, they look a hell of a lot better than hero clicks. Yeah. 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 As an example, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they, they, that's about the size of the old, um, uh, what were they called? Battle ticks or something? Put out all the DC. They started off with Batman, and they went into DC in general. Are about that size. That was sort of like a, a another version of um, Hero Clicks, but but, but uh, just that bit larger. I've actually got a Martian Manhunter, and they were actually really nicely sculpted, but um, they didn't last that long, unfortunately. <laughs> I think they had Battle Ticks or something like that. I can't remember the name of them now. But yeah, they were pretty good. They can get a lot of detail in that size. Fancy, right fancy a, a toy line not lasting very long. Hmm. Oh, yeah. weird. <laughs> f- freaky, yeah. Freaky. Hmm. Okay, well, unless anyone has anything else to report. No? Do. Okay. No, that's good. That wraps up the articulated news. We will be right back with the next installment of the AFB podcast game. Name that. Hi, my name is My name is My name is Each week on the podcast, we have another installment of our very own game, which is the audio version of Engineer Nerd's Name That. And on the special occasions when John is actually here with us, he gets to do it live. So, John, do it live. Okay, here we go. Um, Last week, or last time you guys heard an audio clip from me that was from a commercial, and that commercial sounded something like this. Inside was a bat lord and his knights, a witch, and the smell of rotting birds. It was time to go, and the boy tried to escape, but the witch insisted he stay. (laughs) Okay, so um, did you guys have any guesses on that one? <laughs> this is what happened last time. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna lose it completely this time. Um, no, <laughs> no, no, huh? I just have to explain to our listeners at home. We don't. We're putting in the sound later, and so we make up some ridiculous shit in the, um, you know, in, in that space there. And then John says, "Do anyone have any guesses?" <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Sorry, no, John. I've got no idea. 
Okay. <laughs> Andy, did you have a guess? Uh, no, mate. No, no. I'm just trying to deal with um, uh, Scott there. Right? <laughs> Last week's sound was actually from a, a commercial, an old commercial for um, a Lego castle. And, and I was really surprised because oh. they're, you know, talking about rotting bones and witches and, Ew. you know, the kid not escaping the castle. So, uh, you know, it, it's kind of a, a scary thing. And it Sounds like junior uh, high school. You, uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. So, um, so we'll we'll go ahead and we'll move on to this week's sound. And as usual, when I'm when I'm here, I like to do something that that actually, you know, I can hold my hand. So, um, you oh, got if you guys are ready for you this. I want to clarify that. <laughs> well, you know, Ben's not here, so I gotta I gotta I gotta do some of that. This could be a very interesting sound effect. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, I don't think it's gonna be Children be that interesting. Play. Are, are you guys are you guys ready to to hear the sound? Are you holding it in your hand? Maybe. Okay, <laughs> okay here we go. <laughs> you want to hear it one more? <laughs> wow. <laughs> we'll, we'll even go one more time. Okay. And as always, uh, if you got any guesses on that one, uh, come on over to the AFB forum. Um, if you if you make a guess that's close, I might give you a, a hint or a, a little clue as to uh, where where that particular sound is originating from. It is an action figure. I will tell you that. Thanks, John. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got thrown by. Uh, I'll tell you where that sound is originating from. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad this is only audio. Okay, um, that was great. And now, <laughs> with that very professional segue, we'll be right back in a moment with the freaking toy of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man's getting ready to rumble. Oh no, it's Doc Ock, Venom, and the Green Goblin. Fantastic action, coming up. Take that, Green Goblin. Bam! Must get out of Venom's trap. Quack! Time to get out of here. Catch you later, Doc Ock. Brand new Spider-Man action figures, out now. Now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each episode, we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail. These might be new releases, or we might talk about favorite or bizarre items from our collection. This week, Andy has the Toy of the Week, so over to you, Andy. Thanks, mate. I'm actually uh, going going Star Wars tonight. Surprise, surprise. Um, another uh, line that came out from um, Star Wars is the uh, sideshow, I should say, is the Militaries of Star Wars line. Um, that's basically they're doing um, stormtroopers, um, clone troopers, etc., etc. And what we're dealing with tonight is the Squad leader, Sand Trooper. Um, anyone that that's seen Star Wars will remember the Sand Troopers from Tatooine. They, um, the Squad leader is the one with the orange pauldron on his shoulder, the one that approached Luke and Obi Wan and sussing out the droids and what have you. Um, probably the most iconic Sand Trooper design of of, of them all. Um, Sideshow have actually released four different Sand Troopers. They've released this guy. 
They recently released the Desert Sands Detachment Trooper, which for riding the Dewback, which is basically a Black Pauldron guy. They've also done the Sand Trooper Corporal, which has also got a Black Pauldron. He was um, an internet e-tail is exclusive only. I've managed to grab that one. And they've also done the Sand Trooper Sergeant, who's got a white pauldron. But tonight we're dealing with the squad leader, the man in charge. <laughs> <laughs> um, why this guy is my favourite personally is because I've, everyone loves the Stormtrooper design. I mean, it's one of the most iconic movie designs for bad guys out there. But I've always loved the Sand Troopers the most because I love their beaten-up armour, the the... the just the fatigued, sandblasted armour, just the whole look of them, just a bit more down and dirty and not all shiny and new. It's just appeal to me. Um, now, this guy comes on a standard uh, Sideshow True-type body. So he, uh, the Trooper's uh, armour is all cast in separate components, which, of course, um, makes his articulation work well. Um, my only fault with that is the calf um, armor sits a bit loose, but once you get him in position, you, you can usually maneuver the armor into place to uh, to get it looking the way it should. He also comes with um, a couple of pairs of hands, different interchangeable hands. He's got um, pouches on the front, which, are, funnily enough, they're actually uh, German German World War II uh, magazine pouches, but hang them upside down and put a couple extra straps on them. They look like something totally different. Um, he's got a backpack, which is, um, I assume, everything they need to survive out in the desert. It's probably an air conditioner, if the truth be known, to keep that armor cool on the inside. And he comes with a standard Stormtrooper issue blaster plus a large rifle, which is actually a... Uh, old English Lewis gun. Obviously, when Star Wars was being filmed, uh, Lucas actually had a small budget, so they raided the prop store to get whatever they could, and and so these guys had a uh, old English Lewis gun, and it's just like the, the, the Sand Trooper Corporal, but he actually comes with a German MG38 machine gun, which is also supposed to be a laser gun, but hey, it works. It's part of history, so... <laughs> technicalities, why... technicalities. Yeah, that's right. Why knock it? Why knock it? Um... He, one of one of one of the faults I believe that Sideshow did with this is they they weathered him beautifully. Like it's a great weathering job, but his backpack, which is huge, and you guys um, are seeing pictures there, and I'm sure everyone else remembers from movie shots and what have you that they are carrying quite large packs. It looks all shiny and brand new, which doesn't quite sort of work with the aesthetics of the figure. So. Mm-hmm. One day I'm actually, and, and the pouches that you have to strap to him too, they're all shiny and new too. So one day I'm actually going to have to get motivated and age those to match the rest of the look. Okay, the, uh, the, he actually stands quite well, like the true type body. The joints are pretty tight. I do on display put him on the stand that he's supplied with, um, just for my own clumsy sake and just to make sure that he doesn't take any nose dives off and shatter. Um, but really, he's a very pleasing figure to have, and I'm really glad I got him. Um, most of my focus in my Star Wars collecting is the Phase One clones. I just that's my favourite armour of all. But um, I had to have a couple of Sand Troopers. So it's just a necessary evil for my collection. As far as he goes, I mean, I love I love the weathering. I love I love everything he comes with. 
he loses a couple of points for the body armor that doesn't fit quite right, but it can be repaired. And just the fact they didn't carry on the weathering to his backpack and weaponry and such and all his pouches. So speaking of the weathering, how is that accomplished? Is it just paint or is it a, a different sort of effect? Well, it, it, it seems to be a paint effect to me, like studying it. It's, um, of course, these are mass-produced, so they're not going to go into the detail that a customiser or whatever would. Um, it's purely paint, um, partly brushed, partly airbrushed. Looks like they've basically got the white armour and they've lightly airbrushed it over with like a tan colour, and then they've really got into it with brushes and, and gone around all, all the seams and edges and just hit it with a darker shade. It's effective. It looks good. Um, probably it's a bit inconsistent in spots, but that's to be expected. Mm. But um, if you're just taking him in as a, as a figure itself, it, it works well. It mm. works well. How are the armor pieces attached? They're actually all just... Um, the, the body armor is actually... It's, it's uh, front and back pieces, and they're basically stuck on and glued into place. There's seams running down both sides under his arms. All, all the leg and arm armor, actually, just you remove the hands and the feet, you can slide it on and off. And okay. actually, place over the black bodysuit. As I said, there's slight... You could probably... The calf armor is a little bit looser than I would have liked, and you could probably pack it out to make it work. But once you've got them in place, you sort of move in position, it's fine. The head, there's no, there's no human head under there. It's just basically a big black peg. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what the stormtroopers really look like. That's right. So, um, so, but the interesting thing about that big black peg is, um, um, you could actually remove it and put a a a, a twelve inch figure head on there if you wanted an unmasked. Troop and no worries at all. The pig is removable and it's got a, it's got a normal neck post in there. So so they have thought about that. But people will want to have you know an exposed head. It's it's easy to do. Huh. But um, I'd probably give it a seven and a half dollars out of ten as far as quality goes. Just just those little things that they've missed that could have been improved upon. Does the um, stock on the stormtrooper rifle fold out? I think it does. I've never tried it on these blasters. I know it does on the clone blasters. Let me have a try for you here. Uh, we take no responsibility yes, if you accidentally kill yourself. Oh, that's cool. Yes. yes, it does. It folds out. So, yep, same as the clone blasters. It all works as it should. Oh, neat. Thanks for, thanks neat. for just, suggesting that. I never thought about trying that. <laughs> There's some pretty nice fabric you know, and le- and faux leather sort of accents on this. If you look at the little holsters and things and the stuff around his waist as well, it's um a lot of little detail in it, isn't there? Yeah, well, the bodysuit's uh, uh, just a black sort of spandex-type material. The um, His pauldron is, is um, I'd say it's, it's like a, um, it's almost like a nylon-type material. With the orange part is actually like a vinyl. But all the pouches, they're actually, um, they're actually like a, a, a I, I want to say plastic, but it's got a, just a bit more of a pliable feel to it than plastic. Okay. It's not quite material. It's definitely not rubber. It's not flexible, but it's just, it's just got a bit more of a pliable sort of feel to it. So I'm not sure what that material is. Huh. 
But, uh, yeah, no, it works good. And you could easily, you know, put a bit of, use a bit of weathering pastels or paints to uh, age it up without much drama at all. Now, is the weathering, because you have, you have two of these, right? You have different yeah. ones. You have, you have the, yeah. the other one. Um, is the weathering the same on both of them, or is it, is it different? Or, I mean, how do they compare standing next to one another? Okay, well, I'll do that right now. Um, okay, the, the corporal. He um he was a later release than this guy. Um, I don't think they've gone with the tan overspray on the armor. They've basically gone with the the uh, the brushwork, and that's it. Because there's definitely a, a darker tinge overall to the armor on the uh, squad leader. Um, so basically, they've, they've used the brush technique on the corporal, but not not just the. Uh, it's, yeah, I'd say it's a tan colour just to give it that sort of sand appearance. Yeah, they seem to have missed that, missed that on him. But his armour does sit better, I'll say that on the corporal. Huh. His armour does sit better. So they've tweaked it a little bit, but you stand them side by side, you really, unless you're going to be finicky, you won't notice it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but definitely worthwhile figure. If you love Stormtroopers, he's the one to have. <laughs> so, Andy, are you going to delve into the Hot Toys Star Wars stuff, or... No. No? Gonna st- I mean, not that there's anything solicited still except for Luke, but yeah, y- you can't see yourself being dragged into that? No, I'd given it some thought, and basically my interest is the armoured guys. Okay. Most, mostly Phase 1 clones, and I've got all of those that I want. A um, couple of Jedi, which I have. And these guys, and all I really want now is a Darth Vader, and I'll be happy. Okay. You know, I'm definitely not a completist. These things are just too expensive to be a completist. But, um, <laughs> you know, I've basically, the itch has been scratched. Once I get Vader, I'll be a very happy little munchkin. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is good to hear. Well, yeah. good, good job, Andy. So seven and a half dollars. Seven and a half dollars out of ten. Out of ten. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that wraps up our Toy of the Week. When we come back, we will be talking about the new items that we've added to our collections this week. Luke Skywalker handles his saber well, Ben Kenobi. You should know, Yoda. Yes, I've been the Jedi Master for 800 years. Yoda and other action figures be sold separately. Beep, 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 beep. It's okay, R2-D2. I've got my laser pistol. Hold it, Luke. They're afraid of your snake, Yoda. You have nothing to fear. The Force is all around us. Yoda and other action figures each sold separately from Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection from Kenner. We're all here because we collect. So feeding the addiction is where we take time to check in with each other and discuss any new acquisitions or pre-orders that we've made. And uh, John, let's start with you. Have you done your ordering or buying homework? I, I have, but unfortunately there wasn't anything to order or buy for me this week, but I did... Uh... I did see manage to see a helicarrier on the shelf, um, you know, the standard one, not the oversized SDCC one. But uh, that was the first time I'd seen one of those in a store, so it was it was kind of cool. Box is a lot smaller than what I would have thought it was. Mm. And uh, after Adam's ringing endorsement on the last episode, you decided to pick one up for yourself, or uh, no, no, that's that's a <laughs> that's a complete pass. And I I don't know. Um, I, I think I posted it to you guys. Um, 
somebody on Twitter had managed to take a picture on top of the USS flag, which has yes. been compared to and yes. And there is just no, no comparison. I mean, I, people need to stop doing that because <laughs> it's, it's not even close. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that was a good, actually, we'll try and grab that and put that in the enhanced podcast. Remind me, um, because that just, it puts all that to shame. <laughs> yeah. And that's even the bigger SDCC one. So, you know, the, the standard one's even going to be smaller yet. So, <laughs> so that's your homework. That, that was my homework. That's all. All I really got to see this week. So, yeah. So it's Kelly in the wild. One more day, one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I. It's actually been two weeks since we recorded because we put up the um, an interview show last week, which we hold on to for those weeks where we can't uh, get a group together. So in the last fortnight, I got my next box from uh, Mattel with the Club Infinite Earth stuff from last month in it. Um, it takes time to get under the ocean. So I got my fabulous Rocket Red Strosities and um, my Starmans from Club Infinite Earths, of which I'm, I get four because, you know, I ordered two and I somehow got another two subscriptions and I can't cancel them, even though I only ordered two. So I get four, um, and thankfully Justin's buying one set from me. Um, but I get my Masters of the Universe stuff in that box as well. And I have to say, the the combined shipping stuff from Digital River, they throw all these things into a big box with no padding. And by the time it makes it to Australia, it's been punched in and sat on. Um, it's so frustrating. The, mm. and, and the, the, that one little kind of thin strip of clear tape over it. So it's, you know, been punched open and there's practically stuff falling out. Um, and it's the third, third month in a row I've had this now. And it's just absolute debacle. So wow. yeah, the, the little munchkins wherever that pack that stuff are not get, getting paid too much or not fed enough or something. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, now, sorry, go ahead. Um, just a quick question. When you guys get stuff from over there from the States, does, does your customs open it or does it come pretty much straight through? Very occasionally something will get opened. Yeah. Occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. If you, the, the main issues I've had is eBay purchases. If somebody repacks something in a box that uh, is labeled as meat or fruit or something. Fruit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Then that gets opened. Um, and then I think, you know, occasionally it's just spot shit as well, but usually no. But this is, I mean, the it's just about the lack of padding. All they need to do is put some crumpled paper in the top you know, mm. of this, but it's just ridiculous. The, la the last two in particular, the one that really annoyed me was the month where I was getting like Thunder Punch He-Man and something else that I have absolutely no desire for. And I was going to take them up to my comic shop, but they were both like the Thunder Punch He-Man, both the white box and the, the card figure were both crushed. Um, just from right. how badly the whole thing was. So it was like, great, well, I've got a Thunder Punch E-Man now. Yay! <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, I'm not even going to talk about Rocket Red. The problems with that are well-versed. Um, yeah. Star Starman, as a Legion of Superheroes fan, I quite like, except, of course, it's on the adult buck, and so it doesn't go with the Legion figures. Um, at least they did the unmasked head. You know, that's a something that um, makes it a nice touch, so... Good job. 
but the main exciting thing I got in the last fortnight was uh, an eBay purchase, which was um, the Bowen Retro Ms. Marvel Action statue. This is one that's been in my save search for eBay for quite a while, and there was a reasonable auction recently, and I missed out on it. Um, I, you know, put in my limit and walked away. And uh, but anyway, I got a second chance offer on it because the whoever it was that bought it didn't pay. So okay. that, that was pretty cool. So I got it for the price I was prepared to pay for it, and great for the Avengers uh, display. I'm holding off. There were two versions of the statue. There was a modern and a, a, a retro, and uh, I'm holding off on a a museum, just you know, normal pose. Ms. Mm. Marvel from Bowen, which hopefully will come out in the next phase for the modern, um, because scale-wise is a little bit small, but I thought the retro one with the action, you know, flying pose would actually fit quite well with my um, classic Avengers, and it is a beautiful, beautiful piece, so I'm really glad I got it. It's really clever the way they've got her in the flight pose. Yeah, and... uh, it's very nicely balanced as well. It's not mm. it's not um tippy at all. So it's um not not that anything on my crowded statue shells would have room to tip if they even if they could. But um mm. yeah. It's a uh, it's it's lovely. I'm really glad I've got it. And that is my homework this week. What about you, Andy? Very, very nice. Very impressed. Uh me. A couple of little things for me this week. Um I got uh well I haven't got it yet it's on the way I I've got I managed to track down a uh, movie masters Raz Al Ghul figure aha uh-huh. um the last one I needed to complete my um dark uh, dark knight trilogy collection um from what I can see online not the greatest niece and likeness but hey <laughs> I'll be happy with it <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> you know so take so what that's you can another, get. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's another set out of the way. Um, I won't be able to build the bat single unless I can find some spare pieces somewhere because I didn't buy all the figures because, you know, the last thing I need is more Batman. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I don't know, maybe I'll come across the missing pieces one day, but I've got Raz, so I've got all the major characters, and so collection done, tick that one off, another one I don't have to worry about anymore because mm-hmm. there's no more Nolan movies. And the other thing I I've tracked down, um, I'm a bit of a Batman meal. Bat, oh, is there a medication <laughs> that you can take for that, or is it is it permanent? Uh, <laughs> I think it could be surgically removed. <laughs> I think he was trying to say Batmobile, ladies and gentlemen. I was, I was. I got a bit excited there, didn't I? <laughs> As I was saying, I'm a bit of a Batmobile tragic. I have many, many, many Batmobiles, which is quite funny because I'm not really a motorhead at all, but I've always had a thing for the Batmobile. Anyway, there's been a um, book released by Ryan Thompson, um, The Complete History of the Batmobile. Um, Did I say Ryan Thompson? No, sorry, it's Mark Cotterbaz. Anyway... You see how you got that mixed it's, up? <laughs> basically, yeah, it's just a hardcover book covering the entire history of the Batmobile. I'd love to um, tell you more about it. All I've done is seen some online reviews, and basically um, it covers Batmobiles right through from the start, right through to the uh, the movies, up to the current Tumblr. So 
I'm looking forward to that, getting that and having a good ogle. But um, I can't tell you how good it is So until it arrives, but very excited. I'll always scoop up anything on Batmobiles when I find them. So we'll see how we go. I've got a, um, I've got a, like a history of Batman from about the mid nineties by, by, uh, by the same guy. And, um, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's a good read. Mm-hmm. I mean, he Definitely. did a really good job putting together. So that, that would be probably a, a pretty nice book. Yeah. I'm hoping so. Um, as I said, now, now I got it. Sorry. Go on. Go ahead. Um, I got to ask if you're, you're Batmobile fan, uh, which one is your favorite? Ah, I've got I've got a very 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 sentimental favourite um, in the '66 because it was the first Batmobile I ever knew. Like a lot of people, that was how I was introduced to superheroes was through Adam West and Burt Ward. Um, but funnily enough, my favourite Batmobile is one that never seems to see release. Now, I can't remember the year it came out at the moment, but it was basic, It was based on a Porsche. I think it was uh, early 80s to mid-80s. Um, yeah, very yeah. few toys ever made of it. I really struggled to find any sort of toys on it. But um, So it's a very small car, but um, serious wings on it and what have you. Um, I'm hoping one day someone makes makes a version of it because I really don't think I could do it justice if I tried to do it myself. Oh. But <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> Unless it came in a model kit, I could do that. But yeah, it's starting from scratch. I leave that to people like Doc Terrific who can actually do that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's that's one that I've always loved and very, very, very rarely gets any attention. So. There you go. All right. Oh. Okay, well, if no one has any other items to report, it's time to award another red card to something or someone in the toy universe. What is this bizarro world? Red Carded is a chance to poke fun at the WTF moments in our hobby, be they unusual announcements, a complete fail action figure, or worse. And handing out the penalty this week is me. Now, I didn't... (laughs) It is. No, it's me. (laughs) I'm just following the script. Shut up. The... uh, I didn't have to look very far for a red card this week. In fact, I didn't have to look far at all. Um, We talked a little bit earlier about the uh, success, I guess, of the Mattel subscriptions for 2013. And, of course, in the tense lead-up to the reveal of whether or not these would go ahead or not, we had a number of video messages from Scott Toy Guru Neatlick explaining to us why we needed to go ahead with this, and etc. And then we got a, a celebratory video complete with birthday party hat when they went through and um scott and he, like please stop making videos please 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 please, please don't make videos <laughs> i i don't know how else to say it. it it's just not your thing dude it's it's not right. your thing you know i mean like you gotta take your hat off to this guy he is a fan and he, and he has actually done fantastic stuff for 
the fans of these different lines, and that's fantastic. But, you know, we're going to be talking in, in a few moments about how the internet has changed collecting, and there's lots of positives, and then there's these scary-ass videos. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can always tell when one of these gets posted because my Twitter stream lights up. <laughs> you know, people start talking about it, and none of it's ever kind normally. Uh, it, uh, I mean, obviously, I know they don't have a marketing budget, and it is a very niche line, and they're trying to make it work, and that's fine. But, and uh, you know, I'm I'm not trying to heap shit on the guy as a person because I think he's sincere and he's done a lot for us. But this is a red card that is for the videos to say no more. It's not just a red card; it's a stop sign. You know, like no means no. No, no more videos. In fact, I, I will buy another subscription right now if if he promises never to make a video again. Ooh, big talk. Maybe you should have campaigned like that a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> it look, it was the celebratory one with the um little the little hat that kind of pushed me over the edge. So it was too late by then. You see, so <laughs> that's right. Yeah, stop making videos and we'll buy a subscription. <laughs> So yeah, I mean you know a a for enthusiasm, a for effort, but a, a a red card for execution. That's that's what I'm saying. Indeed, indeed. I, mean, I, I they, they're not they're not even professional. You know, you'd expect something of a higher quality than this. It looks like he's just gotten gotten into his little office with his webcam. Okay, I'm going to do this now. I know everyone's at lunch. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, I mean, I think it is indicative of the the size of this that it isn't, you know, it's not it's not making money from Mattel mm. this stuff, mm. and and we know that, and so we do need to be grateful, and we need to be grateful for the enthusiasm. And like I said, I'm not actually criticizing the, oh. the guy as a man; he's done great stuff for us. It's the videos. The videos themselves. No, right. no means no. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, <laughs> Okay. Anything else we need to say about that? <laughs> no, I no I, I think I think you pretty much put that one out there. I, I oh. Not much more to say, yeah. Okay. Well said. No means no, Toy Guru. Okay. And coming up after that well-deserved fail is our discussion topic of the week. Thunder, 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 thunder. Introducing evil mutant warriors. Rattero, Soulsman, Croon the Destroyer, battle against Lion-O and the new Thundercat allies, Hatchiman, Snowman, Tusker Warrior, the battle is on for the Sword of Omen. Thunder, 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 Figures and vehicles each sold separately from LJF. The World Wide Web has changed the way that we approach many facets of our lives, and has certainly changed what it means to be a collector of toys and action figures. As we celebrate our 25th episode as a podcast, a medium of communication that the internet has made possible, we thought it was appropriate to look back on the way that our connected world has changed the nature of collecting, for better and for worse. So, Andy, I might throw this out to you, first of all, just some opening thoughts. What, okay. what's, what's your reaction to that question? How is collecting evolved in in the lo- time of the World Wide Web for you? Massively. Absolutely. Massively. Um, 
pre-internet, back in the dark ages, or as I call it last week. (laughs) 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 I live in the country. Um, Yeah. No, uh, seriously. (laughs) It's Um, still black and white where Andy lives, just in case you're It is. It is. is. I'm still cranking a handle to make my internet work at the moment. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Before the internet, basically, all I knew that was out there is what I saw on the store shelves. I mean... um, uh, my collection, I was, I was primarily a Batman collector back then. The majority of the stuff I had, apart from my Corgi stuff, was um, movie figures because I didn't know what else was out there. I really didn't. Um, you'd go to a comic shop and you maybe saw when, once the DC Direct stuff started coming out, you started seeing a bit of that and you were paying top dollar for it. But really, unless you saw the, the um, oh, what are those magazines called? Um Toy Fair? Toy Fair, yeah, that's it. Um, you'd have a look in there and you'd discover all this amazing stuff from overseas. And so, really, it was, it was, it was a revelation. Um, when I first got the internet myself, I started searching around and I also collected Star Wars stuff. I had a lot of vintage stuff as well as the Power of the Force stuff when that came out. And I wanted to offload a lot of that and I actually found a forum on there a trading forum, and I actually started trading with guys over there for DC stuff that I was after, and that's what really started helping me evolve my collection. Started realizing there was hell of a lot out there than horrible day glow Batman figures, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and then I started finding out that the prices here were really out of control compared to what you could get them from overseas. I mean, you had the shipping and everything else, but often you are still balancing out and coming in under what you've been paying for years. So it really helped me evolve as a collector and find and um, discover, you know, what was truly out there and, and um, that, you know, there were options and yeah. there were reasonable options, yeah. you know. Yeah. And it kept going, you know, you, then, you, then you, your um, details started coming along and, you know, eBay and all the rest of it, and it's it's it, it was a godsend. <laughs> it really was a godsend. <laughs> so, you know? so John, you, sorry, I'm just, John. What about you? Like, wh- where? What's your first reaction to this question? How has it changed collecting for you? You know, I think for me, um, the, the biggest thing is is knowing you're not the only toy collector out there. You know, you don't feel <laughs> like, oh, I'm I'm this strange guy, and you know, I had like one friend that was a, a toy collector, other than me, but. You know, other than the two of us, there's no real, you know, unless you just happen to, to run into somebody, there was no way of knowing there were, you know, more people and the extent of people out there mm-hmm. and, you know, how far they spread. I mean, you know, the fact that I'm talking to you guys right now, half a world away, you know, is a testament to that. I mean, yep. even even my website where, you know, it's it's me and Eric's writing reviews. He lives in Mexico. Yeah. I've never met him face to face, but, but we yeah. share this website. And, and for me, that's the really cool part is, is, you know, spreading out and, and knowing people across the country or in other countries and, and, and really just knowing you're not alone. Yes. Uh, you yeah. know, for me, I think that's the biggest, um, you know, there's one aspect of it, which is the sharing of information and the collab communication side. But then there is the community that, you now know that you are a part of, um, because it is a, it's a, a special interest, quote unquote. You know, it's not something that you can necessarily, you know, f- find someone else to talk about just by chance. And so, 
um it is a and it just gives you that connection with people that you wouldn't know or wouldn't meet otherwise and Help, you know, you know, you're part of something bigger. I, I do think you, you mentioned Andy that you know before the internet that all you knew was what you saw, and certainly, yeah. I guess, I mean, it's probably there's an element of downside in that the element of surprise has pretty much disappeared um, yeah. from collecting, and certainly as a kid, you know, like I, I'll never forget coming across superpowers for the first time. And having no context, no idea, um, and the way that that sparked my imagination just about what else could be out there, etc., um, was a, a really exciting thing. And mm. you know, there are there are very few companies. One thing I really noticed with um, being a Bowen collector, Randy Bowen, I think, does the best job of any company that that I follow in terms of managing that the whole communication side of thing and as well as being extremely um collaborative and taking on uh, ideas and suggestions and critiques from fans he also manages to surprise you every once in a while because he will you know there's some things that he flags a long time in advance and does they do polls and you know comments about and then there'll be something else that just goes up for order um, that people had no idea was coming. And he, I think he's a real master at managing that side of thing. But that's pretty rare. Most things, mm. you know, you know, well, well in advance that it's coming. And that helps you to plan and it helps you to look forward to it. But it does also mean that, you know, you're not going to rock up to your toy store and get a huge surprise, something that you never knew was coming. Yeah. Yeah, I do miss that. I really do. I'm, I'm, I wish they would do that every once in a while. I mean, it, it'd be cool to go see a, you know, a GI Joe figure you didn't see coming or a Star Wars figure on the pegs and go, Oh, well, that's pretty cool. And, you know, yeah, you just don't point. get that feeling anymore. Yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, the, the, the thrill of the chase is gone now too. I mean, you know, when I used to look at card backs and, you know, like when I was collecting the original Star Wars figures, you'd be looking at card backs and you'd be checking them off and you'd be running from store to store trying to find these guys. And that was a lot of fun. Mm. You know, that was, that was a big aspect. That's gone now. It's all pre-orders and what have you, which, mm. you know, it's cool. You get what you want and you know when you're going to be paying for it. But yeah, there's something about that chase that was, was thrilling. <laughs> really? Yeah. But I guess the flip side of that is, you know, when you talk about the thrill of the chase, is that particularly for us here in Australia, where most of this stuff has just completely disappeared from retail, mm. um, you know, there wouldn't be much thrill in the chase. <laughs> it would yeah, yeah. Mostly just well, be lots of sadness, really. <laughs> mm. um, so mm. at least, you know, what it has done for us is it's given us the ability to be able to acquire this stuff, you know, to, whether it's uh, through different online retailers or through connections that you make in the, the online community, it, mm. you know, it has definitely opened up a world of, um, well, I suppose you could say debt and um, poverty, uh, but, um, <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> but um, de- you know, definitely stuff that we just would have no, no access to you would not really be able to um to mm. follow the hobby here in Australia really. Yeah, that's very true. Um, um when when you talk about that it's um it's uh it it, it, it can be very damaging. I mean um I remember my first sort of um dive into the eBay pool and I, I just went nuts. 
and I, I wasn't taking shipping and all that sort of stuff into account, and I actually did a lot of damage financially to myself at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there are pitfalls. You know, you sort of, you, 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 you are opened up to this great wide world of wonderful stuff, and, yeah, you can get a bit overly excited. I, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only one who's been through it. Oh, uh, no, no. Yeah, you have to exercise some control. Oh, yeah. No. Well, I mean, you know, eBay is where I actually discovered that the modern age of action figures existed. You know, as a, as a, if you've listened to my q and I had some Star Wars and superpower stuff and thought, oh, I'll see what's out there, you know, in terms of prices for this on eBay. And it was through that that I actually discovered, you know, the DC Direct stuff and... um. You know, McFarlane stuff and other thing that was happening there because I had no concept of it. I had no idea. Um, you know, Marvel Legends, etc. Because I hadn't really seen it at retail being being here. Um, so with that eBay and that, um, you know, and therefore the internet, I, I would have had no idea this stuff existed. I, I would be so much more wealthy right now. <laughs> Wouldn't we all? This could be. This could become a really depressing discussion, actually. If we. <laughs> Just on a side note, there, um, I'd probably have to ask some of our other, you know, Aussie members that are sort of get on the show. Um, I I have no idea if Superpowers was actually out here. I really have no idea. During those years, I was sort of off doing other things and sort of all those hobbies sort of fell to the side. So I have no idea if Superpowers even made it out to Australia. So I'll have to ask Ben or Justin or one of those. I believe it did. Yeah. Yes, I could. I could. I. I'm pretty sure that it did. Um. Yes, but obviously I wasn't here. So. Yeah. Yeah. So on the if we think about the um. The retailer side of things, or for for the the toy companies, you know, how has the internet changed? Do you think the way that they operate? You know, we we talked a bit about uh, Mattel and Bowen, and you know their various approaches. So how do you think it's changed things for them? I think they're still learning. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't, I don't really like, if you think of Hasbro, mm. they, they have some of their PR people that may be on Twitter or Facebook, but they don't have, you know, Hey, this is the Hasbro star Wars Twitter, or this is the Hasbro Marvel universe Twitter. You know, they're still using this old school method, and I, I think they put some learning to do there. Where I think some of the smaller companies, like say our friends at at NECA, mm. you know, they're on Twitter all the time, mm. and, and I've asked them questions before, and they've answered them. Yes, and, and that's kind of wow. you know, that's kind of nice to hey, when's this coming out, or you know, is there another version, or or, or whatever. It's kind of nice that you can kind of get that immediate feedback and pass it along and know, you know, and you and you feel like they're responding to you. Hmm. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's it's it's, it's certainly um it's certainly opened up an avenue for them. I mean, I mean, look how many are doing exclusives now that you can only basically buy online. I mean, Indeed. you know, they're certainly they're certainly playing the market. And you know, um, Eli brought it to our attention just the other week that you know Amazon is starting to you know, um, tap into the Australian market and shipping stuff over here quite cheaply, basically at American retail prices and very reasonable shipping. So, you know, they're, they're latching onto it, that's for sure. Mm. It is a, um, you know, I think from the, the, the company point of view, 
John, you really hit it on the head that there are very different models there. And, mm. you know, I mean, we were poking a bit of fun at Mattel before, but it, they certainly have put a lot of effort into building that communication and rapport with the, the fan base. Um, you know, I think alongside that, though, might, you know, have come a level of expectation that from the fans that they in a sense weren't really able to deliver on um and you know so it's a tricky balance isn't it that if you're going to put yourself out there and you know answer questions and um particularly in the early years of dc universe classics um a lot of what they fed out in response to you know their q a's and things was a lot of hope and excitement in a sense that you know, on on one level, they haven't really been able to follow through on. So perhaps you know, it makes a rod for your own back. But it does generate ex- excitement. Where you know, companies like Hasbro, um, I agree, are really behind in terms of their interaction with, um, you know, the fans. They do obviously they put a lot of emphasis on the uh, convention circuit and shows and that sort of thing. Um, but they're really not out there interacting and. Uh, getting the excitement that they could be um, if they were capitalizing on social media more, for example. Mm. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think there's there's some opera. Like, um, I, I follow Todd McFarlane, and and he'll tweet, "Oh, hey, this figure's coming out soon," mm-hmm. but you you never get a re- You know, it, it's very, uh, it's almost like an auto tweet. You never get a response. You don't really see him talking to people. You know, you don't get a a sense of that. So I, I, I think some of the companies have a little ways to go, you know, uh, it, it, they're not looking at it as a customer service thing. They're looking at it as a marketing thing mm. and, and it really yeah. should be more of a, a customer mm. service. I think for so some of them, who do you see who is doing it? Well, you, you mentioned NECA, I, NECA before. They're, they're probably the best. Um, there's another one that I, I can't remember. Um, actually diamond select, has a, a pretty good response, it looks like, because huh. um, I think they have, it's, I can't remember off the top of my head, it's like ask underscore DST or collect underscore DST, I can't yeah. remember which one it is, yeah. but, um, you know, they, they seem to respond fairly well, you know, to questions and response and stuff. So. Yeah, well, Sideshow's yeah, well, another one, they, they have uh, regular Q&As with all their forum members. And they're also on Facebook and they, uh, they, they will respond to questions there. So they're certainly using it as the appropriate vehicle to to get get their name out there and get the attention from the customers. So mm. they've certainly been tying it all together quite well. Mm. That that's true, and they do a pretty good job too of uh, teasing stuff and you know mm. get get you aware that oh this is coming up soon and I need to keep an eye out for that etc. Mm. Um, and if you subscribe to their email newsletters as well which it can be very targeted in, in terms of which lines you want to be receiving newsletters about, etc. You know, they do a pretty good job of um, <clears throat> making you aware of what's coming and when things are going up for order, which is good. Yeah, that's true. I use that service. Mm, well, well, yeah, they, they, they're on top of it, so I'll give them the kudos they deserve. Mm. And then I guess there's the other side of it, which we've touched on, which is that community side so you know we like we were chatting before this discussion started that you know we, we're all part of the gang and that you know we, you've got that kind of um connection 
with people that you just mightn't find otherwise. And, you know, how, how has that changed the experience of collecting for you? I know for me, um, you know, I, I was just, there's a, a Indiana, um, GI Joe convention coming up here, um, towards the middle of the state. I, I didn't know it existed, hmm. you know, hmm. and, and I, and I found out about it, you know, last year and I went, um, it's coil con and it's coming up again. And, you know, from a year ago, I've talked to a lot of people that are going online now, you know, from where I was a year ago. Okay. Hmm. Or I've talked to people and said, Oh, well, you're going to that or, Oh, I didn't know you were there. And, and so, you know, now when I go this year, I, I'm going to know some more people. Right. Hmm. So, you know, it, for those kind of things, I think it's, it's kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. Like I, um, uh, Scott, you know, this. I talked about my friend over in Chicago, I actually met him through another forum a few years ago and, um, you know, it's twice now that I've been over to the States and the first trip we actually were in, in, in California, but I managed to get a couple of days over there with him. And then the next year we actually went over to Chicago, my wife and I, and it was actually at the time of, um, uh, Chicago Comic Con. So, so, uh, we actually went and hung out there for a couple of days together. And, you know, there's no way that ever would have happened if, if it wasn't for, you know, the, these online connections. I've had another friend from another forum. He, he lived in, uh, Utah and he came up and visited me a few years ago. And, um, that was brilliant. Another friendship that I never ever would have had without it. And of course, I've been down to visit our mate Ben. <laughs> and you know, these, these are, I, I didn't know any collectors whatsoever before, uh, the internet. And, you know, I was starting to think I was a bit of a weirdo as we all do until. <laughs> No, you started making those connections and finding out you're not so odd after all. So, yeah, no, it's been it's been a brilliant thing, and you know, hoping to catch up with the rest of you one day. <laughs> Keep it going. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's um, it, it definitely does give you that um, that that sense of okay, well, I've got there's people with similar interests, and yeah, you know, but then I guess there's another uh aspect to that as well is that it connects you with people that you know, are of a similar mind and are able to help you at times, you know, if you've mm. got something that you want. Like, for example, we put this out to the normal, you know, haunts and over at Critical Mess, our friend Hyperion mentioned, you know, what is a great example of how the collecting community works online. Um, back in uh, a few years ago when DC Universe Classics Wave 10 came out, it was a Walmart exclusive with quite a few characters that people really wanted. And uh, Critical Mess, you know, had a, a project where they basically said, you know, we're not going to um, let anybody on this board pay scalper prices for these figures. Everyone should be able to get them. And so they got everyone to put their want list um, there of what they wanted from Wave 10. And I think there were over 50 people that, you know, put, put stuff on that list. And then they basically coordinated it you know, in order, okay, everyone that can get this stuff, get it, you, you, it goes to the next person on the list, um, and they uh, had, I think within about a month, they had every figure on that list that all those 50 people wanted and managed to get it all for them without anyone having to resort to eBay. Um, you know, so, you know, that, that is a fantastic example, and thanks, um, Jeremy, for 
pointing that out because it is that and that, that's something that really blew me away when you get involved and you know i think particularly in the smaller boards like the mess and ours that you know there's not thousands of people it's a core group of people that do kind of know each other and you know will go the extra mile for you and i think that's something that for like my wife who is not a collector who doesn't understand this stuff one of the things that's really changed her opinion about um this sort of thing is just seeing the way that you know, people will go out of their way to help me get something, mm. you know, for, for mm. no profit, for no sense in your own, I will do that for other people as well. And that, you know, there's, there's a lot of great, nice, honest, trustworthy people out there. Um, so yeah. I think that's a really positive thing that the internet has brought to us in terms of what our community is. Yeah. Very yeah. True. I just had that, you know, with the, the SDCC exclusive androids, um, and, and Matt Guzzi from over at the awesome toy blog. I mean, I just put it out on Twitter. Can somebody pick this up? And he's like, sure, I'll help you out, you know? And, and so then I got them and it's not like, I mean, they were, all, when, if he'd put it on eBay, it would have been going for double. Yeah. You know, yeah. right off the bat. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, there's just so many people out there that do that and try and help each other out. It's, it's almost like collector karma though. You know, you almost feel like, okay, if I do this today, maybe it'll come back to me, <laughs> you know, in a week or a month and, and it'll all work out. Yeah. Well, I've, actually, I've actually had incidents over the last few years where I've sort of commented that I like something or, you know, what have you. And it's actually turned up in the post totally unexpected, expected from people. Hmm. I've had that happen a few hmm. times now. And it's, it's a brilliant feeling, but yeah, you do want to, really pass on that karma where you can and um I've, I've often sent stuff to other people you know no charge or whatever just because they need it and i've got it and or i've got access to it so yeah i think it's good that people continue that on and you know that you've built those relationships to that point hmm. another thing too that it allows in that you know while in the bigger sense it brings our community together it also can draw together you know really niche things like for example um jay sonara over at critical mess um has plugged a facebook page he's setting up at the moment which is called the decade mattel forgot and it's basically he's a big fan of fan of 90s dc stuff um yeah. and that is a, a a decade that's been pretty much ignored by the toy lines and some might say for aesthetically good reasons but um <laughs> you know it's still if you if that's when you started reading comics and that's your that's your passion you know you want you, you want to see those figures made and so whereas you know you might be the only guy you know who um wants that stuff you can get on facebook and you know see if there is a groundswell for it see if you can actually generate some momentum for it and you know the retailers if they've got any sense about them if they can see that there's enough people there then they will meet that need so yeah. you know that is an exciting thing and certainly if you look at again the way that bowen um does things um you know he interacts pretty exclusively on the statue marvels website and they do a lot of polls and things and he does you know sometimes i think he does stuff because he knows it will sell or because he just wants to do it but then he also does use that to gauge interest as well so you know for example he's put a couple of things up at the moment that are spec pieces that one of his sculptors has um done and said is there a market for this should we produce this and uh, you can get a you know a bit of a gauge from the reaction that you get as well and he's i've seen other stuff they put up there where you know he's you know, put it out it's gotten a negative reaction and it doesn't happen so man that's a great idea i've noticed on the sideshow board that a couple of their um 
sculptors and prototype painters and whatever you get on there as well. So, you know, I think that's important. It really makes them, it really endears them to the fans, you know, and it's good business practice apart from anything else, really. Indeed, indeed. Especially in these days, I mean, where, where everything's at your fingertips to actually, you know, people feel important when they're, they're communicating directly with the people that produce this stuff. You know, it's a long way to to, um, earning good PR for your company, that's for sure. Indeed. Okay, closing thoughts. Anything we haven't touched on that you want to make sure we say? I think we've covered, you know, pretty much the highlights. I mean, there's some there's some downsides, you know, like the surprise and stuff, but I think it's been a pretty much positive thing, you know, overall. Definitely. I, apart from anything else, I'm grateful for the mates I've made. Apart from all of the, all the good good toys and all the good bits and pieces, it's the friends I've made. They're just the, the, the like-minded people. Even the people that bring donuts to podcast and don't share. That's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just you know, remember next time to send some ahead. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay, if you insist, yeah, I'll what, do that. Oh Lord, yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> no, really no. well. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's good. <laughs> good. And again, thanks to everyone that contributed to the discussion online. We had some actually great. Um, posts online that are too long to read here but um sad violin and uh erics and westy thank you very much for your great thoughts out there as well on how this has all evolved it's um really worthwhile and uh that wraps up our discussion so we will come back in a moment with some feedback and then we're going to wrap things up Space Marine, Atax, disguised in his big, bad bug suit. He sneaks in and takes him out. But the Flying Queen unmasks him. <sighs> Send in Hicks and the heavily armored EVAC fighter. Send in the Marines. Blast them. Yeah. Before we finish off, we have some feedback from our listeners to share with you. If you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes, email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com, and you might just hear it read out. Now we um, have some well wishes for 25 episodes uh, from some of our friends. And Andy, you have got the first one. Okay, this is from Cody Hulks. Good name there, mate. Congrats on <laughs> Any relation to episodes. the incredible? Sorry. <laughs> well, you just thrown I wouldn't make him off. angry. <laughs> no, don't make him angry. You wouldn't like him when he's angry, apparently. The secret is he's always angry. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Does he have a hairy chest? Oh, dear. <laughs> well, let's just look in his Facebook photo album. We can work that out. Yeah. Sorry, go on. I'll look for the photos. We're not stalking you, honestly, Katie. Uh, congrats on 25 episodes, guys. You keep on making them, and I'll keep on listening. Oh, and I'm still waiting for a Mortal Kombat statue review. Ha ha. Ha ha. Also, glad to see the Enhanced Podcast is back. Yay. Thanks, <laughs> I'm glad too. <laughs> when the enhanced podcast is there, that means that it didn't take us ten hours to record, so <laughs> I have time to actually put it in. So I'm always glad when the enhanced podcast is there too. But th- thank you, Cody, for that. And uh, I've got one. 
from our friend Andy Bentley, not to be confused with our friend Andy who's here. Um, Andy says, I think my favorite... No. Sorry. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> okay. It's getting late. It's getting late. Here we go. <clears throat> Andy, Andy, not you, Andy, the other Andy says... I think my favorite aspect of the podcast is getting the comic book store experience through iTunes. Just hearing fans debate the positive negatives of the pro- uh, blah, 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 positives and negatives of the product. I think a great main topic for a future podcast is to do a retrospective on a line from the past. Keep mm. up the good work. Uh, well, we are definitely going to do that, Andy. We've done a retrospective on DC Cover Girls, but we're going to go a little bit more back in time. I'm trying to get a total justice episode together um, because I know yes. that. Our friend Andy is a big fan of that, and uh, but we just need to find another one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. So. Well, we could use that newfangled internet and see if we can find one. Well, I, mean, I think Eric. Find me a find me yeah, a friend. Eric. Eric's er- Eric's is a, a justice uh, league collector, so he. Total Justice Collector. You, yeah. you could probably get him on there. Yeah, there's another one out cool. there. There's another one out there. I just can't remember who it is. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there would be. <laughs> yeah. So no, we. That's a great idea, Andy, and we will work on that. Because it, it was '90s figures, isn't it? It was that's '90s. Cool. That's right. Yeah. And uh, Young John, you've got one as well. Yep. Um, I, mine comes from David Chen. It says, "Congrats, indeed. Last time, I think I asked you about your guys' thoughts on the." Masters of the Universe create a character contest. Did you guys follow it? Your thoughts and your favorites? Um, obviously, the winner at this point we know is now Castle Grayskull Man. And, uh, you know, I kind of followed along with this a little bit through uh, another podcast. And uh, it, it's it's interesting. Um, I know somebody was disqualified along the way. There, there were some, like, challenges in, in getting that out there. Um, the final figure... Uh, Kind of controversial because I know a lot of people. It was a love or hate thing. Uh, yeah. There was no in between on this one. So uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. No. Um. In in the world of Masters Universe, I I think it works. But uh, you know, I'm not a collector. But uh, it, it, I see what they were going for. I'll just say that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the um. Uh, I think it's kind of clever. The Castle Grayskull man. Hmm. You know, because it's it is. It's. I think one thing that I do like about it is that it's got something. It's got some sort of um, foothold in the reality of the mythos. It's just not a random, you know, like fearless photog. Um, it, it's actually okay. Yeah, it makes up bits of Castle Grayskull, and it's actually got something there, and probably as close as we're ever going to get to. Anything Castle Grayskull in this line, <laughs> anyway. Oh. Um, so yeah, as a you know, but but again, I think it is part of that uh, a symptom of the the way the sub suffered this year is that it's really been stretched out beyond what most people actually have got energy for. You know, like um, it's all right, it's all right for for a fan base creation. I think it's fantastic because they, yeah, yeah. they really did what did what you said. They they brought elements in. I mean, you could have seen this. Oh, you know, they animated the castle and it rose up, and this was some kind of giant figure that came out of the ground and and, and battled as you know Castle Grayskull turned into a man. But yeah, yeah, no, it's it is, it's definitely clever. Yeah, we've done great work on it. Yeah, hmm. definitely. Hmm. Okay. Um, thank. <clears throat> 
thanks folks for all the feedback this week. We had more than we can read out. So that, that's a lovely position to be in. And, uh, please do keep it coming because even if we don't read it out on air, we do read all of it. Um, and, and enjoy it. So please keep it coming. And with that, we have made it to the end of the 25th episode of the AFB podcast. Woohoo! Hey! <laughs> um, and, uh, it's been great fun, not just today, but great fun for the last 25 episodes. We are really, um, very appreciative of all of the support and feedback that we've had, um, both from the Action Figure Blues community, um, the great group of people at our forum that give us feedback and ideas and encouragement is greatly appreciated. Um, and I think this has really added a lot to that community, but it's also um, put us in touch with a lot of other people that we did not know before. So for those of you that have kept coming back, we really appreciate it. And uh, here's to another 25 great, exciting episodes. Um, but in the meantime... You can download this future past episodes of the podcast by going to actionfigureblues.com and click on the podcast tab. You can subscribe at iTunes. And if you do go there, please take time to leave us a positive rating and review because we really do enjoy them um, and they make us feel good about ourselves. Uh, when you are at actionfigureblues.com, you might like to check out the reviews, the articles there, perhaps visit some of our sponsors like Mike's Comics and stuff, Big Bird Toy Store, popculture.com. And uh, when we are not podcasting or blogging or doing other assorted hobby-related activities, you can find us all at the FB Forum, um, where I post as Scotty, Andy posts as FB, and John posts as Engineer Nerd. And of course, you can also find John at his site, tvandfilmtoys.com. We would love to hear from you, please, um, especially with ideas for discussion topics, because um, we're starting to run out of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, please, you know, if there's anything in particular that you want us to talk about, please do red card ideas, um, because that's we get a lot of feedback that people um, love the red card. <laughs> so, if you if you ever want to nominate any, um, post it on the Facebook page or send us an email at podcast at actionfigureblues.com. And we will definitely take it under advisement. And uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at AFBlues and uh, like us at Facebook, facebook.com at actionfigureblues.com. And with that, we are 25 episodes old. Wow. Yay! Yay! And I said it wouldn't last. Oh, my goodness. Yes, well, we. I, I do. Go, wait, wait. Go for it. I want to give a quick shout out to. Uh, um, FP Lass or FP Spirit for his Shadow Lass and uh, oh, Fish yeah. Milkshake for his um, Olek figures in the uh, custom contest on the forum. Those are fantastic fellows and uh, well well deserved, uh, you know, uh, winning there. They did a great job. Yes, if you yeah, if you cool. like making your own action figures or like looking at um, what other people do with that, do come over to the FP forum. We just finished our latest custom competition and the next one is already in the planning and discussion stages. So um, come on over and have a look. And those guys did do a fantastic job and we'll get those up at the um, AFB blog soon as well. Okay. All right. Good job. Thanks for mentioning that, John. And thanks once again for being with us. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to go to bed now. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go to lunch, I think. <laughs> what the donut wasn't enough well it's lunchtime now <laughs> well i mean it's not like you shared or anything so i would have thought you would be full 
<laughs> yeah, I suppose. Okay. All right. We can we can bicker about donuts off air. Good night, Argentina. Okay. Good night, everybody. Good night, Groovy people. Bye bye. Later. Night. Um, now, John, you said your name beautifully, um, but it just ha- broke up a little bit over the interwebs um, in the middle of your vowel sound. Um, so can you just say John really enthusiastically for me again, and then I'll cut it in? John. That was awesome. Beautiful. Well done. You've said that before, haven't you? Yeah, you made, made me say it three <laughs> times last time. <laughs> <laughs> it was only twice. God, you exaggerate. Then you told me my 15 minutes were up. <laughs> <laughs> News in five, four, three. What the hell was that? Teletype for you. Teletype. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) Who invited the guy from Indiana? Before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news. Articulated news is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. We are not a comprehensive toy news service. These are just the stories that relate to things that we're interested in. And the cut of our... Uh, co- Who's typing in there? That's John, get your, get your orange cursor out of my paragraph. No. I didn't. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think I've had too many donuts. (laughs) Oh, dear. I turned around for a minute and I had it on mute because I was eating a donut. It'll be interesting to see how these do and how deep Hot Toys ends up going with the quarter scale line. It's obviously an experiment. And uh, I suppose if you're, you know, some people don't like statues, they like articulation, and so this might bring them into quarter scale, and it might be quite Sorry. That was my mobile. I'm going well. Jeez. <laughs> I was on a roll, too. I was making sense for the first time all night. Yeah, well, I had my phone in here because usually you text me before you call me, but you didn't tonight. So. Oh, oh, blame, <laughs> oh, sure, blame me. Blame, blame me. I am blaming you. Oh, far out. <laughs> blame yeah, the victim. Blame. Aren't you a teacher? Yes. I'm like, try uh, Is that how you teach? I mean. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's how Columbus discovered China. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, shockingly, Columbus doesn't get a lot of airtime in the Australian curriculum. Um, really? I know. <laughs> See, all we're told about Australia is that, uh, you know, it was founded by criminals. But that's it. Well, it wasn't founded by criminals. It was founded by the British as a place to keep their criminals. Oh. Get it straight. Well, see, that that's an American education for you. Um, that was great. And now, with that very professional segue, we'll be right back in a moment with the freaking toy of the week. <laughs> Together, you two. Did your missus ever say to you after you've done a podcast, what were you doing in there? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. All right. Let's do it. Let's make fun of Toy Guru. (laughs) Never going to get any free stuff from him, are we? Never. Never. I'm not worried. Neither am I. (laughs) Neither am I. 